Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For this 
this holy house and for all who offered here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Sunday of Easter, the first reading from the 20th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus, and he called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, 
You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. And therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all of those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second reading from the seventh chapter of Revelation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. 
And then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. And so the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense if you are the Christ? And tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe, because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, 
and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess together our holy Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From the 10th chapter of St. John, this phrase of Christ's, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Our text. My sheep hear my voice. It's said that above all other animals, a sheep learns best to heed its master's or its shepherd's voice and will follow no one but its particular shepherd. In fact, it's often the case that sheep will share a watering hole with other herds, and when it's time to go, the shepherd calls to his sheep. He calls them to follow, and though they're mixed in together with all the other flocks that are there at the watering hole, His sheep don't need to be sorted at all. They'll follow the familiar voice and leadership of the shepherd that they know. Take this case in point. You may have heard of it before. An American tourist was traveling in Syria, and he saw three native shepherds bring their flocks to the same brook, and there the flocks all drank together. Well, at length, one shepherd rose up, and he called out in Arabic, Menah means follow me. And his sheep came out of the common herd and followed him right up the hillside. And the next shepherd, the second one, did the same thing. And his sheep went right away with him. He didn't even stop to count them. Well, the traveler, the American traveler, said to the, the last, the third, and the remaining shepherd, he said to him, give me your, give me your, your turban, your headgear, and your crook, and, and see if they won't follow me just as well as they'd follow you. And so the sh- he put on the shepherd's apparel and he had his crook in hand and, and he called out, Manah! Not a sheep moved. They know not the voice of a stranger. Our Lord reminds us, my sheep hear my voice. It's not that others don't call, is it? It's not that others don't call. It's not that others don't beckon. It's not that we, the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand, it's not that we're not summoned by the call of a world of wolves and wolves in sheep's clothing, a world that would steer us away from the pastures into which our shepherd has led us, a world that would lead us toward the empty promises of greener pastures elsewhere. It's not that other voices don't call, but we're his sheep. We're his sheep and they are unfamiliar voices. We know his voice. And it's no wonder, is it? It's no wonder that we know his voice. For how dear to us through the years... That familiar timbre and that vocal signature of our shepherd's voice has become. Faithfully calling to us time and time again, time and again, when we'd wander from the pasture too far, when we'd stay away from the flock for too long, faithfully calling in that ever increasingly and ever more familiar and dear tone of his, calling when we'd refuse to eat, of the verdant food of his churchly pasture, or we begin to stray into those ways that we know we should not go. We know that voice calling us, faithfully, devotedly, tenderly, calling us 
And not only calling us, but as Isaiah has said, in fact, calling each of us by name. My sheep hear my voice, says the Good Shepherd. Like those sheep in those Syrian pastures, his sheep, we know not the voice of the stranger. But recall again that that American tourist in those Syrian pastures, and remember, remember that having disguised himself under the familiar clothing of the shepherd, he still couldn't yet lead those sheep, for they knew not the stranger's voice. Well, that impressed American then afterward asked that last and that third shepherd, after trying and after failing to beckon his sheep, he said to him, will your flock then never follow anybody but you? And the old Syrian shepherd replied, oh no. No, sometimes a sheep gets sick. And then he'll follow any voice that calls. Sometimes we'd make ourselves sick too. And so become disposed to and become inclined to follow any and all of the voices that would call. The voice of cynicism, perhaps. So that we'd come to regard this sacred work that God does here in our midst. With his precious and by his precious words and his sacraments. Cynically, then we'd come to regard it as little more than delusionary tomfoolery done by a delusioned people. Or maybe we'd hear the sirens of worldly satisfaction singing so sweetly. And having been away from those very means of grace for some time and therefore undernourished and sick sheep, perhaps we'd follow those voices and forget our shepherd's voice and call. Or perhaps we allow all of the voices of the everyday family and school and team or sports obligations, those voices to drown out his voice. And so less and less frequently we graze upon those means of grace. And, and then his familiar voice becomes then fainter and fainter and less recognizable to us. Sick sheep will follow any voice. But my sheep, he says, they hear my voice. And his voice remains the same. Pastors can change, and they do, just like Paul did in our first reading from Acts for today. Having been in Ephesus for some three years, he was constrained, as he said, he was called by the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, to another place to preach. Pastors can change. The echoes can change. And while the echoes can change, the voice of the shepherd ever remains the same. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And oh, how a shepherd knows his sheep. Far better than the sheep ever could know the shepherd. Our shepherd, he knows us well. He knows us. He knows us as the shepherd that spends his days amid his sheep, walking among them and through the midst of them and speaking to them, knowing the tendencies of each and every one of them because they're like children to him. He eats with them by day, watches over them by night. He knows. He knows that this one, this one here is a bit strong-willed. 
can be a bit stubborn at times. He knows that one there, that one's awfully meek. He knows that this one, this one has discovered a lump on his back and he's scared. He knows that this one here, she's not the ewe lamb that she used to be. A bit older now, a bit slower, a bit less sought after, but he loves her no less. He knows that that one, that one would hustle away from the flock in a minute if he could. And so wisely he knows best to let that one hobble along in his infirmity for a bit longer. He knows this one, this one needs more tender affection, that one a bit more forceful direction. He knows that that one there, he knows that that one hurts far more on the inside than he lets on to the other sheep. I know my sheep, says Christ. And you know why he knows us. Because he chose to know us. He could have certainly and would have been justified in doing so. He could have let us wander and stray far and wide and over the eternally deadly precipice, over the rock face or the cliff, into the waiting jaws of those lions that prowl about. You know how the parable goes. He had 99 others. He didn't need you. But he chose to know you. And he sought you out singly individually wherever it is that you wandered there he went and you know you know that no matter how many ways into how many wares we all have wandered you know that they all led to the same place calvary and the cross and finding you there with joy he reached down And with nail-pierced hands that one day would baptize you into his fold and flock, he reached down and he laid firm hold of you, and no one, no one can snatch you from those nail-pierced hands. Like a loyal shepherd will, he became one of his sheep when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he chose to wear our sin's foul scent. But what's more, he chose to become our waywardness. He chose and willingly he embodied the guilt of our wandering. That's exactly what St. Peter says. In fact, maybe he says it best. When he says he bore our sins in his body on the tree. And then he says this. For you were like sheep going astray. But have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He chose to know you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Following him means that we don't always see where we're going, doesn't it? We know his familiar voice that's called us when we need it calling, that comforts us. When we need comforting that assures us when we need that assurance. We know his voice. And we know how well that he knows us. As we look behind us where we've been. Knowing how good and faithful he's been to us. Means that we can go forward and we can follow that voice wherever it is that voice would lead. 
even when the way would seem to us so uncertain. And uncertain, it certainly seems at times, doesn't it? Now we want to know where we're going. We want to know how the weeks are going to be unfolding. Sometimes things will be to us uncertain. Some years ago, by way of a member of this congregation, uh, I was introduced to a, this account of a young pastor, a young and a new pastor who was walking with an older and more seasoned and experienced pastor one day in the garden that was near that particular church, feeling a bit insecure and uncertain about what God had in store for him to do, the young pastor was asking the older one for some advice. Well, the older pastor walked up to a rose bush and plucked something from it and then handed the young pastor a rosebud. And he told him to open it without tearing off any of the petals. Well, the younger pastor looked in a bit of disbelief at the older pastor and was trying to figure out what possibly a rosebud could have to do with his wanting to know the will of God in his life and for his ministry. But because of his great respect for that older pastor, he proceeded then to try to unfold that rose while keeping every delicate petal intact. It wasn't long before he realized how impossible that was to do. And seeing, as he expected to see, and seeing the younger pastor's inability to unfold that rosebud without tearing it, the older pastor then began to recite this poem. It is only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret to unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God opens this flower so sweetly, and then in my hands they die. If I cannot unfold a rosebud, this flower of God's design, then how can I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? And so I'll trust in Him for leading every moment of my day. I'll look to Him for guidance each step of the pilgrim way. The path that lies before me only my good shepherd knows. And so I'll trust Him to unfold the moments just as He unfolds the rose. There's no doubt some paths appear very dim, dark, some very, very daunting. Perhaps his voice leads us into medical uncertainty or near certain medical calamity. Maybe his voice calls us down a way far lonelier or far more challenging than ever you imagined for yourself. Maybe his familiar voice leads you into ways unfamiliar and into, into uncharted territory. But following his voice, this we know for certain. That no matter how daunting and dark the path, he's already there where you're going. And he'll be with you there when you arrive. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Martin Luther said it well when he said, I know not the way Christ leads me, 
but well do I know the guide. In closing, I'll share with you the words of a very beautiful prayer that many of you probably have heard before, but it certainly bears repeating today. A slight variation on that prayer goes like this. Lord God, you have called your children to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your voice is leading and your hand guiding and your love supporting us. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
great shepherd of the sheep, our risen Lord Jesus Christ, let us seek God's mercy for the church, for the nations of the world, for all those who are in need. We pray. O Holy Father, you have called your people through your word. You add souls to your kingdom through holy baptism. You sustain us in the faith through the sacrament of your Son's very body and blood, by which upon the cross the Lamb of God died to take away the sins of all the world. For these holy gifts receive, O Lord, our thanks and our praise. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For distributing these holy gifts to your people through the office of the holy ministry, which you instituted for your church, we thank you. And we pray, O Christ, for pastors here and everywhere, that through them your sheep may hear your voice and follow you through the perils of this life to the eternal security of life in the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Send your Holy Spirit to guide the pastors of your church throughout the world, that we all may hear and heed St. Paul's apostolic admonition to pastors of every generation. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the nations of this world, O God, that through their governments wickedness may be restrained and punished, and good rewarded and order established. Grant wisdom to all who serve our nation during these troubled times, that executive, legislative, and judicial decisions may be in accord with your will and with the constitution of our land. Grant success to all who protect us at home and abroad, and move us to be compassionate toward the widow and the orphan, and all who are truly in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Enable us to lovingly speak the truth in our generation, that we, like your people of every age, may confess Christ among those who will not recognize him and hear his voice as Savior and Lord. Remember those who, because of their bold confession of your Son, are persecuted for your name's sake, and by your grace cause them to be numbered among the white-robed saints in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort all who mourn, especially those who are saddened by loss of family and friends and house and home due to the tornadoes in Mississippi and in the South. Console the troubled in mind with your word. Encourage all in need of compassion with the concern and care of your people. We pray especially today for the Good Shepherd Auxiliary and all that it does for the needs of your special sheep, your special lambs. Be also, O Lord, the companion of the widow and the widower and all who are alone. Be the protector of the unborn and the orphan and of all our children. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant healing to the sick and confident faith to those who are undergoing medical tests and procedures. Also, we pray for those preparing for surgery, especially Jan Williams. Grant strength to those recovering from surgery. Your servant, Barbara Newman, she recovers from surgery in Gloria Chambers and also the father of Patrick Ichikawa as they all recover from surgery. Give patient endurance to the chronically ill among us and to all who are confined to their homes or need to be cared for by others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive the thanks of those who celebrate special occasions of your grace and goodness toward them. We thank you with Aubrey Vickers as he with his family celebrates his 75th birthday. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Be, O good shepherd, the protector and the defender of your flock, that Satan may not disturb, divide, and destroy your sheep by separate us, separating us from you or from one another. Rather, kindly draw us unto yourself, that with the oneness of doctrine and matters of faith, we may know your voice and follow you, and recognize you in your holy supper, and here gratefully receive your very body and blood. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, O Father, we praise you for all who have gone before us in the faith, especially those whose last earthly breath confessed you before men. Help us all to remain faithful through all sickness and all suffering and persecution, even unto death, that we may await with confident expectation the day of our deliverance when you raise up our bodies with those of all of your saints to share in the joy of your presence and the eternal pleasures at your right hand, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend one another, your church, our families, and all of those for whom we have prayed this day, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who has taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, you have called us, your children, to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown, Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your voice is leading, that your hand is guiding, and that your love is supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.